Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to the fantasy-focused YouTube channel and the T- Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, and here it's Wednesday. It must be Wednesday because there's a beautiful face right next to me right now, and that man is Buck. Buck, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, it's Wednesday, but it feels like I've worked all the way through Friday at 6, 7 p.m. So a bit winded, but the grind never stops, Bob. It never stops. We got to keep grinding until our Sunday show. Week five coming to you live here on Fantasy Focused. We have a new collaboration here. We're actually partnering up with a charity. Bob, can you give us more info on that? That is from yeah. 10 to 1 p.m. Eastern and 7 until 10 a.m. East or West Pacific. Yeah, we're super excited. So as a part of our uh, new sponsorship, we actually got a partner with us. It's a donation piece. We're going to work with a company called Good Sports. Good Sports is a charity that actually helps underprivileged communities help youth kids uh, help kids play youth sports. So a part of this kind of started a couple of weeks ago when we did our fundraiser for Mike Tagliere, and we just realized that you know what this is a great way to help us kind of give back to the sporting community because of all the great donations we get from our super chatters. So every single week on our Sunday live so show, as we just discussed, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're doing three lives, live start sits for all our followers. So make sure you're joining us on YouTube, your Twitch. Using Even if you want to jump on Instagram, I'll be doing Instagram live. But make sure you're joining us on here. And every donation you make to get a start sit question uh, answered right away, 10% of that is going to go to our new partners over at Good Sports. 10, 15, $15 million plus value of equipment distributed. So 15 million units of equipment has been distributed. 27,000. Number of individuals have played packs distributed. So there's been so much given to kids already. We wanted to be a part of that. We thought this would be a great opportunity for us to partner with somebody and give back to the community uh, because we love what we, our community is doing for us. We wanted to give a little bit back to the youth sports. So I think this is a great opportunity, great partnership. So make sure you're joining us every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern for our start sit show and 10% of all of the money we make will go to charity. We're super excited. So make sure you're signed up for that super chat function on YouTube, or you could use that TCK, um, uh, if account, and you can also use, do the donations through there. So we're all, so basically tonight's main event. So obviously I want to make sure we're talking about where you can find us. Obviously right now today we're streaming live. You're hearing us on the podcast side tomorrow. 
this is going this all our videos are on the fantasy focused youtube channel so we appreciate our partners over at fantasy focus giving us this platform to do our episodes we're also streaming on the fantasy football network so make sure you're checking out our buddies over at the fantasy football network streaming a bunch of great content you can find all our videos on the network as well make sure you're following us on twitter on Instagram, across the board, at Fantasy Focused on Twitter, and also on Instagram, at Fantasy Football Extract for myself, at Sky Gawasco, and also at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on Instagram. So we have a bunch of handles. You can see Buck's on the screen. But Buck, before we dive into the Thursday game, I guess give me give me kind of just, we haven't talked. We don't get to talk till Wednesday. So what were your thoughts from week four? Anything pop out to you at all before we start talking about our things for today? First off, I, I had a blast on that show on Sunday. I thought we were all hitting on all cylinders, made some really good calls. What I took away is the Bills, in my opinion, are peaking at the right time. I know I'm a Bills fan, so I'm biased, but this is a team that's just looking like an absolute bulldog of a team trying to run through folks. So came away impressed with them. Obviously, Chiefs trying to get back in the mix here. So things are happening, uh, but what I'm seeing so far is some clear separation of top teams from bottom teams. But from the fantasy perspective, we're getting a lot of involvement from players that we didn't expect to see excelling so early. And that includes Hollywood Brown. That includes Dawson Knox. I mean, these are some names that have struggled over the last couple of seasons. So to see them come out in a receiver and a tight end position, respectively, it's been good to see. So it's this is right now the most important stretch of three to four weeks that you have as a fantasy football player. So it's important to stay clued in on targets. That's what I'm keying in on currently here, Bob, trying to see where that shakeup is, where those target shares are really landing, and where the players aren't really producing on those targets. So that's the separation point that I'm looking at most just – I'm keying in there, Bob. Yeah. Honestly, the thing I like the most now, we're starting to see trends. So, like, early on in the season, we're kind of – I want to – we're basically guessing because we're not 100% sure if that one week was a fluke, if this is an actual trend. It, you know, was it a bad defense, a good offense? Now we're starting to see some legit trends and data that we can actually use to our advantage, which we're going to start using a lot on this show. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So, first off, we're going to be talking about the Thursday night game. And, Chris, what's up, buddy, over on YouTube following us? Make sure you're uh, joining us live on YouTube as we speak. But we want to talk first about the Thursday night game. And this is a fun one. This is going to be a good game. And, of course, this game preview is brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. So, make sure you're joining us every Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern for our Live Start Sit Show. It's a super good time. All right, so for the Thursday night game, listen, it starts off with the Rams and Seahawks. A lot of fantasy-relevant players here. And listen, there's a lot of guys we already know are starts, and we don't need to really dive into them too much. The DK Metcalfs, the Tyler Lockett's, Chris Carson, if he's active, is in. Daryl Henderson is starting to establish himself as a rock-solid RB2. He's in. Matthew Stafford against the Seahawks secondary. We're probably starting Matthew Stafford. But what I wanted to do here is kind of give Buck an opportunity to do in or out versus some of the fringe guys, some guys that were maybe not as high on this week or guys that are in the wide receiver three flex range that you're going to have to actually know if you're going to start sit. So I'm going to give you a couple names. But first, this game is a high over under 54 and a half. Um, Huge. And Rams, are, yeah, Rams are minus two. Chris Carson's the only notable injury. But before we dive into start ins and outs, is there anything you're looking for the most in this game, Buck? I just don't know what to expect at a Thursday night game. So when you get kind of a marquee matchup for Thursday night, 
it's going to be one of two things. Offenses either struggling to move the ball on one or both accounts, or you're going to see an absolute slobber knocker of a game where the score is running up. They are getting to that 60-point mark, which is really where I think this game could end up, except for the fact that, I I don't know, I, I just feel like this is going to be actually a knockout, dragout, defensive slugfest here. I think both teams step up on that front with the short week. So I look for this to actually not even come close to that 54 and a half. I think it'll settle in around like 46, 47. All right. So let's talk about some of the guys that we we think we're not auto start. So we're talking about the guys that are a little more on the fringe here. And the first guy is a spoiler alert. Someone we're going to talk about a little bit later is Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson uh, is someone that's in the low QB one range, you know, has his big weeks might be this week too, but I know that's someone you're not necessarily high on. So let's do a quick, Russell Wilson versus this guy. So Trey Lance, popular streamer, looks like he might be getting the start this week. Would you roll the dice and start Trey Lance or Russell Wilson? Well, you look at both of these games here, Bob. I I do think that that San Francisco-Arizona game could get quite high scoring, uh, but I'm not believing in Trey Lance over Russell Wilson here. So I'm going to stick with Wilson over Lance. What about Sam Darnold? I'm going to go with Sammy D. I okay. think they have a strong, strong showing there against Philadelphia. Joe Burrow. Ooh. Yeah, I like the matchup there quite a bit for Joey B. He's starting to get all the pieces together there. They're a team that, you know, I, I, I can't say I'm shocked that they're performing well so far. Uh, not not the greatest of all their first, you know, four games on the schedule in terms of the the level of their competition. So when I look at Joe Burrow, I do see a player that's getting more and more confident week over week. I would actually start Joe Burrow over Russell Wilson. I think it's a better matchup on the whole forum. Okay, last one. Daniel Jones, after his monster performance, you start Daniel Jones over Russell Wilson. And it's not just one monster performance for Daniel Jones. The disrespect for this man. It's like Rodney Dangerfield for him. I get no respect. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Russell Wilson there though I'm not oh, okay. feeling all that I'm not feeling all that dime PC but I, I actually think that if you're in kind of a pickle there at the quarterback position possibly uh, you know he's been your backup through the first four weeks of the season I think he's shown enough the emergence of some of their key receivers has been a positive thing as well. Okay, so let's jump down to a guy that you're interested in this week. It's Robert Woods. Robert Woods has kind of been, you know, not not his best, but it looks like he's starting to earn back his number two role. He did run the second most routes behind Cup last week. Early on in the season, he was running behind Van Jefferson. So let's do a quick Robert Woods or Devonta Smith. Bob Woods this week. Okay, Kenny Galladay. Bob Woods. Jacoby Myers. Bob Woods. I'm a, I, I just Rob. feel like Bob Woods is going to get it done this week, Bob. I really do. All right. And then A-Rob. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Allen mm. Robinson. I'm going to go Allen Robinson. Bounce back week. Okay. I think the one interesting name is what if Chris Carson was not practicing as of today. So he's missed all practice with a next stinger. It sounds like it's something that ha- didn't happen recently. It sounds like it's been an on and off thing. But he has not practiced all week. So if he's out, that means Alexander uh, Alex Collins becomes the RB1. Rashad Penny's also still out with an injury. 
So let's talk about Alex Collins. What's your finger thoughts on Alex Collins? Would you start him over a guy like Miles Sanders? Whoa. Miles Sanders might as well not exist for me. Um, <laughs> talk about my all-time worst letdowns. I, I drafted him in three or four leagues, Bob, and let's just say it hasn't been pretty thus far. The problem here is simply what's that split going to look like, and we know that Pete Carroll always has some proclivity to, to make sure that there is proper involvement from all running backs that are healthy and active. Um, just because of the lack of actual productivity – from Miles Sanders, I'd rather take a stab. I'd rather take a stab on Alex Collins here. And I know okay. that sounds crazy, but that's that's where I live currently. It it doesn't. It doesn't. He actually looked decent uh, last week as well in his uh, limited his splitting work with Chris Carson. Uh, what about Zach Moss? Love Zach Moss. Zach Moss all day. When you look, we'll talk more about this here in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait. I know it was one of your guys. What about Mike Davis? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mike Davis. Um, Falcons kind of piecing things together a little bit. Uh, I do have a Falcon that I'm fading, but I'm I'm gonna go Mike Davis over over Collins here. Okay, and the last one, Trace Sermon. I'm gonna go Trace Sermon. Okay, so there Looks you go, guys. Thing, yeah, go. this is gonna be a fun game. Obviously, these Thursday night games have been a little bit of a letdown from a fantasy standpoint overall. But last week was decent with the Burrow Lawrence game. This week, Boyd. High school. Yeah, Boyd. My boy, uh, he actually, I got to tell you something offline. I'm actually not, his rest of season schedule, no bueno, but that's okay. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll work through it. We'll walk through it. No, uh, you got to tell me now. What? Where's the temperature check on Boyd? Oh, where's your temperature check? I am actually considering selling him high. He's been the wide receiver five in PPR since week two. So the last three weeks he's been white hot. But when I look at, when I did my rest of season slot uh, matchups, his was the biggest differential from where he's, early season to rest of season. So the matchups are going to get tougher in the slot. And I, I just think that I could probably, I'm just like, uh, I'm going to give it one more week to see how he does. But he's actually someone I'm sitting this week, believe it or not. And I've been really high on Tyler Boyd, but I'm very, uh, I actually want to see the matchup. It's tougher this week. But anyway, I'm a little nervous. I might actually consider trading Boyd and I have him like in every league so I can try every scenario under the sun. So Bob, this this is just an observation here. You t you seem to be a bit Boyd Polar here. Yeah. You're all no, over you're... the map on Boyd now. <laughs> no, no, you're right. And, and that's just good play on words, and I appreciate that. And that's why we're going to end that segment. That's our Thursday Night Football segment brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show every Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday live. If you're listening online, make sure you join that Fantasy Focus YouTube page. And if you want to become a super chatter, sign up for our YouTube account and you can donate 10% of every donation goes to Good Sports, which is a great youth organization. All right, folks, let's get into why we're really here today. And that's we're going to battle it out against expert consensus rankings. So me and Buck talk about top 12 quarterbacks, top 12 tight ends, top 24 receivers and running backs. And we look at the rankings from the experts in the industry and say, OK, what? Guys inside the top 12 and 24 should be out. And what guys on the outside should be in? So we start off with the quarterback position. And I'm going to start off, you buck, with somebody that we already kind of talked about a little bit. But who's your top 12 quarterback, according to expert consensus ranking, that you're fading for week five? So traditionally, I don't like Thursday night games in terms of starting my quarterback during them. So I'm going to go Russell Wilson here. But I, we talked before we went on the mics here, Bob, 
I like most of the top 12 and that includes Russell Wilson, but I I'm locked in a box. You know, we've talked about being trapped in the closet before I'm trapped in a box here. I got to go with somebody. It's going to be Russell Wilson. Uh, Reasoning is simple. We haven't seen that top performance from Russell Wilson that we've seen in years past. And I'm talking about those 35, 38 point games, those league winning games that we've seen historically from Russell Wilson It hasn't clicked just yet, and I don't think this is the matchup for it. Considering it's Thursday night, considering we're going to be dealing with Jalen Ramsey, I'm just not too high on Russell Wilson for this particular game. While I think he's right there at the edge, 12, 13, 14 for this week, coming in with 23 to 25 points, there's so many quarterbacks that, in my opinion, have better matchups that have been more effective in terms of getting that top dollar, that top output for you on your fantasy squad. And I I feel crazy for even saying Russell Wilson, because I I really do like the entire top 12 for this week. Yeah, it was a tough one. I mean, listen, for the most part, you know, there's consensus rankings for a reason, right? It's really tough to find because most guys are in the industry who do the research are saying that these guys are top 12 and and it's hard in the quarterback position, but I just want to take a quick look and see how we did last year against the Rams. Probably should have looked up this before the show. But that's okay. It's our show. We do whatever we want. Last year, he went mm-hmm. 248, zero, and two interceptions against the Rams in one game. And then the other game, three, six, uh, and then the other game, 225 and one. So those are two very poor games for him. So that you might be on to something historically speaking. So that's something to note. Now let's jump over to my guy. And it's someone that I've been actually riding all year, and I've been loving him. It's Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins has now gotten all the extra flavor. Last week, he had a down week against the Cleveland Browns. This week, he gets the Detroit Lions, and everyone's like, oh, man, Kirk Cousins. He gets Detroit. Detroit's going to get lit up. You know, Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns against them. But what worries me about Kirk Cousins, and because what Mike Zimmer wants to do is dominate you with defense and running the football. And when you can do that, Kirk Cousins isn't needed. Kirk Cousins is like a bonus play for Mike Zimmer. So when he needs uh, the extra volume, he needs more scoring. If he's playing a good offense and his defense isn't holding up, boom. Then he puts in Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins can get it done. He's really good. But for the most part, Kirk Cousins, they want to establish the run game and dominate on defense. And Detroit, listen, Jared Goff had a nice little thing going on in the early season. People have figured it out. They're like, you're not going to get those garbage. Yeah, Jared Goff, we know all you're going to do is check down. You can't challenge anybody downfield. No one's scared by what they're doing. They're dumping off. They're trying to take away Swift and the running backs, and that's a huge problem. And T.J. Hawkinson forcing those receivers to essentially beat them, and it's just not happening. So for me, I just think the Vikings' defense, after what they did to Baker last week, they're improving slowly on defense. Plus, on top of all that, according to my metric for adjusted line yards, Minnesota has one of the best matchups on the ground this week. So whether it's Madison or Cook – I feel like they can just completely dominate on the ground. And listen, Kirk Cousins is going to – I guarantee he has 225-2. and two. He has a smooth day. They probably win 28-13 or something like that. But my point is from a fantasy perspective, that's not going to get it done. So I actually think because of the matchup itself, I'm actually fading Kirk Cousins this week. But, Buck, I actually have Kirk, Kirk Cousins in one of my leagues. I've been riding him all, all year. Uh, I need someone to replace him. So who's a guy outside the top 12 currently – that you would that you think is going to be top 12 this week. Well, this is perfect cuz I'm not picking this guy over Russell Wilson, Chris Cox, I see in the comments there always getting shitting on Jones. Not today. I'm going to say I want Daniel Jones in your particular situation. I also have a deep streaming option 
that we talked about at length last week, and that's Tyler Heineke. Either one of those I think is a valid option. I'll elaborate more on the gunslinger reincarnated that is Tyler Heineke, just an unbelievable slinger of the gun. Uh, but I like Daniel Jones this week, Bob. I, I There's just something about these Dallas matchups, and I understand from the outside looking in, anybody can pin their ears back and say, well, what happened in that Chargers game that really slowed down both sides? I don't see that happening here. I actually see Daniel Jones having to come back into this game. So from a game script perspective, I look for Dallas to jump out to a lead, and I look for the Giants to have to claw their way back in via the air. And his legs, the beautiful legs of that man, Danny Dimes. Yeah, and the thing is, too, Dallas's offense is humming. So I like I always like to target guys who are playing other good offenses because it forces game flow to you know explode. Which brings me to and by the way, Buck, I, I'm sorry, man. You know I was over here looking for things. I forgot to throw up your bed. There you go, guys. That was Bucks QB outside the top twelve to buy. My fault, everybody. And I'll make sure to say it. So I'm going to flip over to mine. Well, hold on one second oh, okay. here, Bob. Camillo here has Wilson. Should he start Kirk Cousins? No, I, I actually prefer Russell Wilson over Kirk Cousins for this week because of that game flow we mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 1,000% as well. So my guy outside the top 12 is actually the rookie, Trevor Lawrence. And it's mostly because this week they're playing against the Titans. The Titans and the Jags defenses have been absolute disasters. And I think both offenses, especially – Julio and A.J. Brown, we don't know what the hamstring situation is, so it would be helpful if those guys come back for the explosion. But listen, the Jags just gave up C.J. Henderson, and their their secondary is not stopping anybody. The Titans' defense is not stopping anybody. And that's forced a lot of teams to run up the score against the Titans. And Ryan Tannehill's found his groove a little bit. Even last week against a tough Jets defense, we've talked about this a lot. The Jets are very good against quarterbacks in the passing game. That's not the case for the Jags. So I think Trevor Lawrence is someone I'm buying. And here's another reason why. His early season schedule was brutal. Now, hear this out, and you wouldn't expect this, but according to Football Outsiders DVOA pass defense, this is the matchups. Houston Texans are eighth in their metric. Denver Broncos, seventh. Arizona Cardinals, third. And Cincinnati, 11th. So all four of the matchups are top 11 in success rate modeling according to Football Outsiders. This week's opponent, the Titans, number 25. So that is a huge difference. This is also a team that just allowed 200, a career-high 297 yards and two touchdowns to Zach Wilson. And Wilson and company was not putting up points like that and yardage like that prior to last week. And then finally, last season, we saw a game between these two teams, both teams in the 30-point uh, range. Garner Minshew, the artist formerly known as Garner Minshew, 339 yards and three touchdowns against the Titans. So we've seen it before between this matchup. So I think that Trevor Lawrence, even without DJ Chark, is going to have a great game this week. Right, yeah, well, my only the, concern, uh, only concern with Lawrence here is that he reminds me of like the Terminator if the Terminator was Swedish. So okay. I, I just, you know, it's one of those That's things where I don't trust Terminators and I certainly don't trust Swedish Terminators. Never Listen, wears I, emotions on his face. It's a concern for me. Big gut guy, Bob. You know it. I look yeah, at that Terminator and, face, and I'm concerned. And and listen, the actual – there was a screenwrite for the Swedish Terminator, Terminator, and no one liked it because no one likes Swedish Terminators, and they actually exactly. canceled that, 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 that version of the Terminator. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, the program well, is no good. more. Yeah, it's not even – never even got out there. So let's focus on the RBs now. Now, listen, the quarter – so for the running backs, we look at the top 24 – 
and we want to see which running back in the top 24 that we potentially are going to face. So, Buck, give the people a running back inside the top 24, according to the experts that you're fading for this week. Well, number one, this is a one in passing for me, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, what has he done? So touchdown dependent. And the fact remains, there's zero explosion. Bob, we've talked about it now, it seems like, for two out of these four, five weeks that you and I have recorded for this show. It just isn't going to happen. And it's the offensive line. It's not necessarily a Josh Jacobs problem, aside from the lack of explosiveness. But that touchdown dependency concerns me. And and the count of touches is just not where I need it. But I actually am going to pivot here, Bob. I'm going CEH. I'm not. I know he had a good week, stringing together two consecutive pretty positive weeks for him. This is the Buffalo defense that is absolutely tearing apart opposing offenses. Now, one might say this is the Chiefs. They're starting to find their groove a little bit more than they were at the first you know three weeks of the season. There, I don't see it happening. I just don't see CEH being the key component to a victory for the Chiefs. So I'm I'm fading CEH here. One rushing touchdown conceded all year for the Buffalo Bills, and that was to a quarterback. Yeah, and the thing is, if you look at the Bills-Chiefs games from last year, it the running game was not good. Even though the Chiefs yeah. have always been exposed by uh, the ground games and also be, the Bills were able to exploit – I'm sorry, the Chiefs exploiting the Bills – there really hasn't been much ground game. It's been all the air. It's been Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. So I agree. In, in my metric this week, he falls way beyond. Like, he was in the top 10 the last two weeks, so I was high on CEH. This week, he falls outside the top 20. So actually, I'm on board with this. My guy is actually someone that I have way too much of. Guy that I've loved all offseason, and it's Antonio Gibson. So Gibson has become a little one-dimensional. So that means that if he's not getting – if he doesn't have a premier run game matchup, then – He's going to struggle because J.D. McKissick's involved a lot. And this week, of course, he's going to play against the Denver Broncos. So right there, to me, it's like, okay, that, that makes it 25th in my adjusted line yards metric. This matchup is not premier. It's not legit. It's not – oh, I'm sorry. I messed this up. I'm sorry. Wow. I need to re- rewind, 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 rewind. I'm sorry. They're playing the New Orleans Saints. I don't even know why in my metric I just had – Denver listed. That doesn't make any sense. I just messed that up. All right, so let me refocus. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, so it's they're playing New Orleans. My my apologies. Washington is playing New Orleans. And we just talked about this with Damian Harris, other running backs against New Orleans. I know Saquon had a nice week, but he actually got it through the air. He caught that second touchdown. So against New Orleans, these one-dimensional running backs, guys that are not involved a lot in the passing game, it's not going to work against the New Orleans Saints. They are much more – they're easier to be through the air than the ground. That, to me, is a huge problem. That made him 25th in my run game metric. Also, the Saints are third in in football outsiders DVOA against the run. Top three run defense, according to success rate. A guy who's not catching enough passes. Here's the stat lines of some notable running backs against the Saints. Aaron Jones, 5 for 9. CMC, 24 for 72. Damian Harris, 6 for 14. Barkley, 13 for 52 and 1. That's not a lot of production. Barkley did his thing, of course, finding the end zone. But... I've talked about this a lot, Buck. I am not going to chase a touchdown just to get low-end RB2 numbers. That's how I feel about Gibson this week. He's going to have to get into the end zone to score uh, and score a touchdown just to give you RB2 numbers. So I would look elsewhere for a running back. Now, Buck, of course, like always, we want to give the people some other players, players that could play in place of these guys. So give us a running back currently outside the top 24, according to the experts, that you're willing to start this week as a top 24 running back. Yeah, it's uh, it's Zach Moss, and really it could be either of the two. 
running backs that are in an absolute split, completely split between the two. And you see touches growing for Zach Moss. Zach Moss has been uber impressive over the last two weeks. I think the Bills are finally finding that balance on offense, and they're starting to realize the weapons that they have there. They both combined for well over 23 touches per game, which is an impressive number. And you would say to yourself, why do I feel like you have to pick one or the other? You really don't. I'm fine. I would rather start either Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. It is a coin flip, but I feel more confident in Moss. I think Moss is just a better back in the red zone, which is what I'm looking at for the Buffalo Bills and in fantasy football. Now, I would start either over CEH for this week. The Chiefs are the 31st best or 31st worst defense in the entire league, Bob. Through four weeks, 31st. The Buffalo Bills are first. Something push has to come to shove here. I think the ground game is a bigger component for the Bills in this game than it is for the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, match and listen, when we're talking about like if obviously the top guys you're always starting, but when you're talking about guys that are in that RB2 range and RB3 range, matchups matter a lot. You got to play the matchups and that's why we Huge. do this segment 100%. So let's jump over to my guy and I I don't know how I feel. So in my metric, it got chalky for some reason. So like in my metric, I'm looking through everything and usually there's like one or two guys in my adjusted line yards metric. I'm like, oh, "Okay, that guy's clearly Zach Moss was one. He was good. That was a good call. The other, there wasn't really one in the top 10 that I like that was in, outside the top 24. So I had to scoot down a little bit. But Latavius Murray popped up. Um, so I started looking to Latavius Murray, and I, and I didn't realize when I was going through the numbers for Latavius Murray how, how he was becoming the dominant number one running back. So last week, 18 carries to five for all the other running backs. He is now the lead back. Tyson Williams, a guy who we thought was going to be the lead back this season, was an inactive last week. He had 18 carries last week, you know, 50 yards, found the end zone. But that was against a much tougher defense against the Denver Broncos. This week he has a much easier matchup versus the Colts. The Colts have allowed three running backs to have at least 14 PPR fantasy points this season. Last week, Denver... Their first running back in double digits was Latavius Murray. Everybody else under 10 points in PPR against the Denver Broncos defense. And Lat Murray was the first to get over that mark. Now, I am a little concerned because he doesn't catch passes. He has not received a single target this season. That's not that's not a good thing. But to be honest with you, when I'm talking about low-end RB1 numbers, if we're talking about chasing touchdowns, give me the Baltimore Ravens offense who just fixates on that ground game against a Colts team that, number one, listen, the good thing about Latavius Murray is if they take a lead, it's going to be Lat Murray. Murray's going to be the one hammering them home to win the game. But Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman are not those guys. So I think that Lat Murray, in my opinion, is a lock this week to receive 15 to 20 touches because of the fact that they're playing a Colts team that's really banged up. Carson Wentz got bad ankles. So like Lat Murray dives in again and gets a solid performance to get you low-ed RB2 numbers this week. All right, Buck, that's that's two of the positions. Before we jump into the wide receivers, we always allow to spend time and shout out some of our sponsors. And the one I want to talk about today is the Jersey Jungle. That's right, folks. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram, at the Jersey Jungle, is one of the best si- uh, follows on Instagram. If you are on Instagram right now and you don't follow the Jersey Jungle, we say – 
start now because they constantly are posting stories every single day, week of brand new jerseys, stitch and twill, NFL.com quality jerseys for half the price. That's right, half the price that you would get on NFL.com. Sky has a bunch hanging up. I just got my Kenny Galladay jersey. Super excited about that. But with the promo code TCK, you get 10% off one, two, and 15% off three jerseys. So make sure you're following the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. And make sure you tell them if you do buy a jersey that the TCK pod sent you and the Fantasy Focus guys. So, Buck, listen, before we dive in, you know I ask you this every single time, and you always have a good answer. What jersey do you want right now? I want that number two for the Arizona Cardinals. I want Chase Edmonds. And that brings this question in that we'll answer here. What? Wrong one. Chase Edmonds or Antonio Gibson for this week? I'm going Chase Edmonds here. Loving his involvement in this offense. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be Chase for me, too. Um, I like the, the San Francisco 49ers are not actually – that bad against the run. Um, I think it's more of the fact that Antonio Gibson's worrying me because he's playing the Saints and he's kind of becoming one-dimensional. So I'm going to go Edmonds in this case as well. All right, Buck, listen. Got a couple other questions. Why not? We got one more. Let's do one more, Buck. Chase or Henry Ruggs or Chicago defense? Okay, so Chase or Henry Ruggs? I'm assuming that's Jamar Chase or Chase Edmonds. Let's do both. Jamar Chase or Henry Ruggs? I think it's going to be Jamar Chase, right? I think that's Jamar pretty- Chase for me. Correct. And then Denver defense or Chicago? Go Chicago here. Yeah, that's a good question, actually, because Chicago's got the Raiders and Denver has Pittsburgh. I actually might lean slightly Denver in that stage. Pittsburgh has not impressed me at all this year on offense. So I'm going to go slightly in favor of Denver in that scenario. All right. Let's dive into the next segment, Buck. We're going to talk about a little bit about our wide receivers. So we just did running backs. Now we're going to do top 24 wide receivers. We looked at the expert consensus rankings. We identified one wide receiver inside the top 24 each that we think we're fading this week. So who's your top 24 receiver, according to the experts, that you're fading this week? I'm going to fade Keenan Allen here. And I think it really boils down to the cornerback pairing of Denzel Ward and then Greedy Williams coming in to kind of shine a light there for that Cleveland secondary. I mean, this team is playing very well defensively. I don't feel great about Keenan Allen with the productivity. For me, the involvement's there. I think he's fourth, maybe third in the league in targets for wide receivers on the season, but he's not getting the touches. He's not getting those red zone looks the same way that we're used to seeing for Keenan Allen. I'm fading Keenan Allen. For this week, I think he's still a great flex option. But in terms of getting into that wide receiver two, wide receiver one for this particular week, I just think that's going to be a sloppy defensive game, kind of similar to what we saw with that Chargers-Cowboys game earlier in the year. Okay. Yeah, so this kind of brings me to another guy too, a really hot name, someone that's really been dominant. Now another guy that you were thinking about fading, and that's Mike Evans. Now last week was a prime example of – it was a sloppy weather game. I totally get that. But we talked about how – The Patriots are very good against outside receivers. Well, the Dolphins are even better. I mean, listen, the the Patriots don't have the shutdown corner and Stephon Gilmore anymore. So J.C. Jackson's a nice player. But you know who's a shutdown corner is Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones on the outside. The, the, The Dolphins' secondary is such a slot funnel defense, meaning they give up a bunch of points to the slot. 
Not much on the outside. Mike Evans and Antonio Brown are going to be on the outside the most. The Dolphins allow the fourth fewest points to outside wide receivers. Last week, listen, Mike Evans was fine, 7 for 75. But that's not going to give you top 24 fantasy numbers. That's a nice week. And listen, Mike Evans will probably be a wide receiver three flex play this week. But for to rely on him, if you're in a shallow league, if you also have better options, for example, Mike Evans to me is a fade. I think the seven for 75 is kind of where I kind of see him, maybe even six, five for 70 in that range. That's not really what I'm trying to aim for in my top wide receiver two, maybe a borderline wide receiver one. Uh, also, 50, like I just brought up, 53% of the fantasy points given up by the Dolphins this year is in the slot. That the league average is about 38%. That's a lot. That's a huge difference. So I think Godwin this week over Mike Evans. But overall, that's my fade. It's Mike Evans this week against the Dolphins. Now, Buck, as always, because we're men of the people, we give people options to replace these studs. So who's a wide receiver outside the top 24, according to the experts, that you're willing to buy and start this week as a wide receiver too? I'm not in love with many of the folks that are beyond that 24 mark, but Bob Woods, this is purely out of love for the man known as Bobby Trees. I love the player. I want to see him get more involved. We saw a little inkling of it over the last couple of weeks. I'm going Bob Woods. I'm not confident in it at all. But at one point, when you're rolling the dice or you're playing roulette, your numbers just got to hit. And it has to hit for number two for the L.A. Rams. I'm getting so used to these new numbers, by the way. And the only reason I know that that was him, at number two, is because that's what he wore at USC. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, number two for the Rams. And maybe that's the problem, you know? Maybe he's out there looking for a different number because they got to connect soon. I really like what I've seen out of the Rams. I just look for Bob Woods to get in the end zone this week. I don't love the board 25 down to 100, Bob. I just don't love yeah. it. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is like the squeaky wheel. You know, now you got Sean McVay coming out after the game talking about Robert Woods, how he's a great player, and it's just kind of like that squeaky wheel thing going on. I think that means that they're going to get him involved. I agree. Brings me to my guy, and it's someone that we were super high on early on. It's LaVishka Chenault. The injury to DJ Chark immediately bayooned his targets last week. He finally had a breakthrough game last week's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then this week, he gets the best matchup for slot receivers this season, okay? The Titans lead the NFL in points allowed to the slot for wide receivers. That's where LaVisca Chenault makes his living. Also, we saw a change in how they used LaVisca. It wasn't just around the line of scrimmage. They started throwing to him down the field, higher A dot. And that's a big step for him because, like we talk about all the time, they're asking too much of these receivers to catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage like Debo and create everything after the catch. It's not really great for fantasy. Now he's starting to push the ball downfield. Plus, the loss of DJ Chark is huge because Tavon Austin is the next man up. And I just think that that's going to open up more targets for Marvin Jones and LaVisca. And because of the matchup against the Titans, this is the time to buy. Also, here's the, the stat lines for slot receivers against the Titans. Okay, you ready for this? Christian Kirk, 5 for 70 and 2. Freddie Swain. I always think it looks like swim, so I'm like Freddie Swim. Like Freddie Swim. Five, He's a nine, Gator five. boy. Is He's he? my guy. Yeah. I like it. All right. Yeah. My bad, man. More respect than the name. Freddie. Crazy yeah. Freddie. I like him, man. He was five. a pro when he was in college. Like he, The way he handled his business, never drops balls, great slot player, always involved. Freddie Swain is underrated and undervalued in the NFL. 
Yeah, well, he went five for 95 and one out of the slot versus That's this good. defense. Yeah, like Jamison Crowder, fresh off the block. Jamison Crowder just pulls up, readjusts that old groin of his, gets out there, seven for <laughs> 61 and one. On uh, a half of re- a gro- that groin's not even on the bone, probably seven for six. I gotta figure out. I gotta figure out how he's readjusting his <laughs> groin and putting it back figure together. Because I'll tell you, yeah, yeah. Good next Lord. episode, next episode, that'll be the opening segment brought to you by Bob and Ed Hot Sauce. You know, <laughs> seek that spice.com. <laughs> we might have so to bring se- Bill Nye in, man. I don't know. I know. The, we need a science guy. That's the one thing we're missing from the Fantasy Focus TCK partnership is a key yeah. science guy. We're on it, folks. Sorry about that. We're going to work on it. But Jamison Crowder, 7 for 61 and 1, fresh yeah. off the block. So I like LaVisca this week a lot. Before we dive into the tight ends, let's talk about some of these questions. We have a couple good ones here. Need two wide receivers. And listen, before we answer your start-sit questions, remember, guys, three hours every single Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We do a live start-sit show, and we're very excited about our new partnership we actually just started working with Good Sports. 10% of all our donation, uh, donations from our Super Chatters and people who Venmo us are now going to go to Good Sports. We're going to help support kids play sports in underprivileged communities. So we're super excited about that partnership as well. So, Buck, a little teaser. Two wide receivers, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and Cortland Sutton. Who you got? I'm going Bob Woods here. I'm going to go Cortland Sutton on the other side. I hate you. I just made a huge argument for LaVisca, and you disrespect me like that. How dare you, sir? It was a pure That's spite a- <laughs> move, sir. I, at this point, I don't even know if we can be friends. That's fine. All right, so anyway, let's dive into another one. I've got Higgins, Godwin, Lockett, CeeDee Lamb. I don't know if I should start Lockett over Higgins since Jalen Ramsey could be occupied with Metcalf so Lockett could have a big game. Well, we've brought this up a bunch of times. Jalen Ramsey's not shadowing outside receivers anymore. He's playing mainly in the slot. That's actually where Freddie Swaim's been, and they've been using the other receivers. So I think Metcalf and Lockett are going to be fine. But, Buck, what's your thoughts on this? Who do you got? Let's say start to two be, here. Just really to know. be honest, like, I, I'm not – I feel worse about Metcalf than I do with Lockett here. For whatever reason, it's just a feeling. So I'm I'm still sticking with Lockett. I, I'm definitely getting Godwin in that lineup and yep. then CD as well. I, I'm going with those three over Higgins. So I'm, I'm starting Lockett over Higgins. I'm never – and listen, I don't mean any disrespect at all when I say this, but I've never seen a player get a pass more than CD Lamb. Not a single person talks about how CD Lamb had two catches for 15 yards last week. Like, I, listen, everybody wants to throw shade all the time. CeeDee Lamb has not done anything the last, like, two weeks. And the, the other than week one, he hasn't been really that good for fantasy. So I just I, – I'm, I'm not overly – like, I don't think CeeDee Lamb's a lock for lineups right now. Um, But it, get back to us on Sunday. I got more spreadsheets to update, and I would love to get into this a little bit deeper. All right, Buck, before we go into the tight ends, let's talk about our top 20 – top 12 tight ends that we're fading this week. So – at the tight end position, it's tough, right? You know, you got your big guns, and you know that those guys are in, and then it kind of gets a little hairy around 7-8 range. So give us a top 12, maybe a, like a tight end when people have been starting a lot of over the last couple of weeks that you're fading for this week, uh, according to the experts in the top 12. I'm going to go with Dawson Knox. I mean, the emergence has been just so superb over the last couple of weeks there. Two big weeks. I think this is going to go back to the norm here. It'll be a quiet week. I do think he's going to get an awful lot of uh, 
the linebacking core there in Kansas City. Dawson Knox, I just can't see lightning striking three weeks in a row. And I actually think that the running backs take a bigger presence in the pass game for this particular game. So I'm fading Dawson Knox, believe it or not. And I know you probably felt like maybe I was trolling everybody and I'm going to just play all bills against the Chiefs here for this week, but I'm not. Dawson Knox is a guy that I'm still not fully confident in. He's a hell of an athlete. He's electrifying in the air. I just don't think he's consistent enough with his target shares. And I think the emergence of Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley both have better weeks than Dawson Knox against the Chiefs. Okay. Not buying all in yet on, on Knox. I totally get that. But he's getting that love now in the top 12. That's very interesting. My Crazy. guy, I know. My guy is kind of is kind of going back to the same philosophy I did last week. It's no offense. This week, Denver has the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I just brought this up last week and why I was fading Robert Tanya, and that worked out very well because he's playing Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh is extremely good against tight ends. And it doesn't look like it on the surface because they played Darren Waller, and Waller had 5 for 65. And for 5 for 65 for a tight end is really good. But when you realize it's Darren Waller, that's actually a great game against that tight end. Plus, we're seeing the Steelers are actually kind of sprung a little bit of a leak against wide receivers. I mean, receivers have actually dominated them. So that's something interesting. Randall Cobb had a nice week. Dante Adams got his. And the tight end is where they're taking away from defense. Micah Fitzpatrick in the middle of the field is legit too. So I'm going to continue this trend. Plus, Teddy Bridgewater with the concussion. Is he going to play this week? Is it going to be Drew Locke? Drew Locke does not look – he looked okay in the preseason, but when the lights were on in the regular season, he went right back to the old yep. Drew Locke. So I'm not going to put my eggs in the Drew Locke basket, especially against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm fading Noah Fant. All right, Buck, as we always do, give us a guy outside the top 12 tight ends that you're actually buying for this week. I'm going to go Cam Braid here. Uh, Dolphins have struggled, and and this is assuming Gronkowski does not play. It does not look likely at this juncture with the rib injury. So this is the Finns versus tight ends, 8 for 73, 2 for 17 and a touchdown, 5 for 54, 4 for 66 and 2. So they have been a bit more susceptible to the tight end position. I look for Cameron Brait to have a good game here, talking about four or five receptions, 45 yards, and a trip to the end zone for Tommy Brady over the Dolphins. I like it. I like it. So my guy – so (laughs) um, you like this guy too, which is good. That makes me feel a lot better about this. And he's a guy I was really high on in the process because it's Vikings tight end Tyler Conklin. Now, Conklin, this offense has been really good for tight ends over the last few years. Irv Smith had some moments, but it was splitting between Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph last year. It got drowned out. Plus, the passing volume for the Vikings has never been high. This year, we've kind of seen a little bit of a boost this year in passing volume, which has helped. But early on in the season, it was K.J. Osborne that became the number three pass catcher. But also remember, Tyler Conklin was injured himself pretty much all offseason. It took time for Conklin to finally get his legs back under him which is why, you know, it took week three and we saw the next step for him. He started playing a little more. And then finally last week is kind of like that correlation. He finally broke out last week, had a very nice day, but he also was the third when it came to usage. He was third in targets. He was third in in routes run. He was getting out there and running more routes now than Osborne. That's the key for me. What makes Why Tyler Conklin was a drop after week two is because he was running behind KJ Osborne and this offense doesn't have the volume to support four pass catchers with Dalvin Cook. So technically five pass catchers. 
But now that I'm seeing that revert back, then he gets Detroit. And I just brought up Kirk Cousins. Then I'm not really feeling Kirk too much because of the fact that I don't feel like he's going to need to go off in this game. But I don't need Conklin to go off to be a solid play. You know, Give me four or five receptions, 50-some-odd yards, and we just got ourselves a nice little tight end play on the week. But you look at the guys that faced them so far this season, the Detroit Lions, Kittle, four for 78. Tanya, three for 52 and one. Andrews, five for 105. So some good tight ends all produced against them. That's why I think Tyler Conklin is a tight end I'm going to buy this week. All right, Buck. Listen, that was good, man. Now, before we dive into our streamers, Buck, I want to make sure we bring up one of our other sponsors, and that is, of course, Bob and Hot Sauce. And the reason oh, yeah. why I'm bringing up I'm bringing up Bomb Banana Hot Sauce is because of the fact that we're going to give some, some hot takes on our streamers. These are some low-owned streamers, not your typical 50-50 guys that you might might not have on your waivers. We're going to give you some spicy hot streamers for this week. And that segment is brought to you by Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Seekthespice.com. Make sure you're using that promo code TCK to get 10% off your order. All right, Buck. QB streamer, give me what you got. <laughs> It's Taylor Heineke, man. I mean, I hate the beer, but I love the quarterback to revisit a comment from last week. This guy's a slinger. He's doing unbelievable numbers here. He's finished in the top 12 for the last three weeks, 12, 10, and 5. And we're talking about a guy now who, you know, you could blink and he's got the same amount of touchdowns thrown as Russell Wilson, Bob. It's unbelievable. I mean, this guy's also thrown for yardage over the 300 mark once, 290 last week. Obviously, he played the Bills sandwiched in there, still threw for three touchdowns. Or, excuse me, ran for one, threw for two. And 212 yards against the Bills, not too bad on a road game. But I, I just think that the game script against New Orleans is going to flip its head to where Heineke will be asked to throw the ball 30, 30 plus times again. And we've seen him against the Giants, 46 attempts. I just think the volume will be there in a game where I, I think the Saints outclassed the Washington football team, and he will have to scrape back into that game. And he's shown the mentality to do it so far. It, just an impressive start from a young – From I keep calling him a young player. You keep correcting me. He's been in the league for, you know, since uh, Obama was in office. But, yeah, I, I like Tyler Heineke this week. Yeah, I, I listen, the Saints, I don't see how they're going to run the ball against the Saints, so they're going to have to start chucking it. And ironically enough, I think that brings me to my stream, which is Jameis Winston in the same game. So, okay, I wanted, I wanted to take – I want to get a better understanding of slot funnel versus run funnel defenses because if you can't run the ball against a team, you're forced to throw more and it just creates volume. And ironically, one of the teams that I found that's one of the biggest pass funnel defenses, meaning they're good against the run, terrible against the pass, number three in my metric is the Washington football team. They have been horrific against the pass. Matt Ryan, who, by the way, everybody's like, Matt Ryan's done. They are not looking good. Drops a three, 283 yards and four touchdowns on screen 17 on my, in my area. I have it up on the screen here. 283 yards and four touchdowns. Did you watch Matt Ryan weeks one through three? Was not a thing at all. Then this week he plays Washington football team, which makes no sense. They have Chase Young, the, the pass rushers. They have William Jackson in the back, where he should be shutting down one number one receivers. It's not happening. I don't know why. But, you know, at this point I've seen enough to know the Washington football team, you could throw against them. 
I think that Jameis, because Alvin Kamara might not have as much on the ground this week, you're not be able to dominate on the ground against the Washington football team. It might force them to throw. And Jameis Winston is going to take advantage of that, and that's why he's my QB streamer this week. All right, Buck, before we go, we want to do one more segment. It's the tight end streamer of the week. Give it what you got. So I have Conklin. You've already talked about him at length. It's a good matchup. I think he's a solid player. I got Tyler Conklin here. Okay. So you agree with me. You're good. I totally right. agree with you on Conklin. I have nothing right. more to add. You're the data man. You're bringing that big <laughs> brain up to the table and slapping it on there. Appreciate you, man. All right. My guys, listen, this is going to be interesting. CJ Uzama is my streamer this week. Coming off, this seems a little bit of point chasing. I get that. But people need to remember, last year before C.J. Uzama got hurt, he was being utilized by Joe Burrow. This offense, by the way, from uh, the Cincinnati coaching staff, has been known to use tight ends from the past. So I think this is interesting to me. I think C.J. Uzama, even with T. Higgins coming back potentially, they're playing the Green Bay Packers. Now the Green Bay Packers, we'll see what happens with Jair Alexander. He did get banged up in this game. But they are a type of team that is good against receivers and bad against tight ends. Okay, the Saints tight ends. Juwan Johnson, two touchdowns. Hawkinson, six for 88 and one. Kittle, seven for 92. Sometimes it's just, hey, it's just the way it works. When you have a top quarterback like Jair and you can take away the opposing team's number ones, hey, it forces teams to throw out the middle. Plus, Joe Burrow, is one. Of, he's a much better slot thrower in the middle of the field. I've brought this up a bunch of times from his days at LSU with Justin Jefferson to here with Tyler Boyd. He's much better throwing to the middle of the field, and that's where C.J. Uzama will be. Plus, C.J. Uzama, is, it's basically a pecking order of three players, and when C. Higgins comes back, there's essentially four guys running routes constantly, and C.J. Uzama's in there. So I think if you're extremely desperate, if you lost Logan Thomas, if you can't get Tyler Conklin, you can go get yourself some C.J. Uzama. All right, Buck, listen, that was a hell of, that was a, hell of a day. That was good, man. Yeah, listen, I really all in a day's yeah. work. All in a day's work. Listen, me and Buck... Slap it a solid 8 to 10 for the regular job. Then we come in here and slap another hour for you and do our thing. And, Buck, listen, before we go, is there anything you want to bring up in general? Again, I know you came with the heat last week. You gave us a great recommendation. I have not gotten to Squid Game just yet. Any other recommendations on shows or food? Anything you're looking forward to doing this weekend? Uh, I'm going to watch Train to Busan. I'm sticking with my Korean film slash television show preference here. Train to Busan. You ever seen it? No. Do you like zombie movies? I watched a lot of The Walking Dead, so I, I kind of, I'm into it. Yeah, so essentially, there's a train. Zombies get onto this train, and that's that's really it. It just sets it up, and the train is going to boost on. Uh, okay. It's a zombie apocalypse movie. It's done by the director of Parasite, Train to Busan. Highly recommend it. I believe it's on Amazon Prime Video right now, um, but I will be watching that Friday. I'm off work Friday, by the way. I'm going to the Rays playoff game tomorrow nice. and Friday. So just turning that into a nice three-day weekend, and I will be watching it on Friday evening. Yep. Listen, before we go, let's answer a couple questions, Buck. If you guys have questions about uh, fantasy trades, yeah, feel free to send us information. You guys can talk a little bit about these. We have a question here. Should I trade Mark Andrews for DeAndre Swift? Uh, would have to pick up Hunter Henry, Max Williams, or Zach Gertz, current RB, Saquon, and Najee. So essentially it sounds like you're trading Mark Andrews to add Swift to your flex. Um, 
you know, you're going to take a big hit at the tight end position. Personally, in my opinion, I only make tight end for running back slash wide receiver trades unless I have a solid tight end to replace that person with because you're now playing Russian roulette with those tight ends. And you're not – you might lose five, six, seven points a week, and you just lost everything you gained from adding Swift to your flex. So my personal opinion is no, unless you can acquire a player that's more consistent like a Tyler Higby maybe as a tight end. Buck. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not I'm not getting rid of Mark Andrews because then you're just playing this stream game and well, actually, you know what? Do it. That way you tune into this show every single Thursday and you figure out who Bob is hot on cuz Bob, <laughs> you've been red hot with the deep streaming tight ends. Yeah. Red hot. Yeah. Max Williams Max. getting it done last week. <laughs> Woo! Double X baby. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. all right, so, all right, we got one Yeah, baby. All right, so one more here before we go. Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, or Antonio Gibson, or Alex Collins. Oh, my. Uh, so you have four options here, I guess, for a flex spot. Just to throw it to me, listen, Deontay Johnson is not someone you can sit anymore. Like, I the guy gets 12 targets a game. Like, I have I have played – I have not played – I have Deontay Johnson in two leagues. I have not played him once, and every single week after I don't play him for guys like Cooper or – whoever, I always feel like, what am I doing? The guy just gets 10 to 12, even in bad matchups, he gets 10 targets, goes five for 35, but he finds the end zone because he's getting targeted 10 to 12 times. Keenan Allen, in this scenario, Buck just brought him up as a sit. So I think Buck's going to agree, but Buck, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna sit Keenan here. I'm going to go Deontay. The target share is just far too supreme, and he's converting on those targets. That's the big difference between those two players as they currently stand. Um, I would love a little bit more red zone interaction, but they actually have to get to the red zone to make that a thing. Um, Antonio Gibson for me over Alex Collins, even though I'm not too high on Gibson, but I'm also very much low on Alex Collins compared to him. So I'm going to go Antonio Gibson, Deontay Johnson. Appreciate you, Earthly Links. You've been with us for a while. Yeah, I'm going to say Seattle in this case. If Chris Carson's a full sit and he's out, I'm going to lean Alex Collins over Antonio Gibson. I think Gibson, in my opinion, is a one-dimensional running back right now, and New Orleans is not the team you want to run against. And I think that's going to force – I think Alex Collins can win on the ground against the Rams, and I think he looked good in his short stint. So if he's getting the full workload with no Chris Carson, I lean Collins. All right, folks, that's all we got for today. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the audio side and another great episode on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. Make sure you're joining us every single Sunday live for our Start Sit Show, every single Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And make sure you become a Super Chat. Make sure you join our Super Chats on YouTube. And if you're not on YouTube, if you're following us on Twitch or Facebook, we now have sent up a Venmo TCK pod to get your questions answered right away. And don't forget, now, 10% of all of your donations that go to us will now be going to Good Sports Organization. This is a program that helps underprivileged uh, underprivileged students. Well, I'm saying students. I'm sorry. This this tight end streamer popped up and it got me all messed up. Anyway, uh, so anyway, it's quite sports. all right, Bob. It's quite all yeah, right. I know. I'm sorry. Wednesday's the long day for us. But Good Sports is a charity that we're now working with. We're going to donate 10% of everything we earn every week to Good Sports. It helps kids play youth sports in underprivileged communities. So make sure you're joining us every single Sunday. Any donation goes a long way for us to continue this product, but now we're going to be giving back as well. Once again, I'm Bobby Lamarco, and my co-host Buck, thanks again for joining me as always every Wednesday. Guys, that's all we have today. 
All episodes of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline AG and on the Believe Podcast Network. So thanks, guys, for joining again. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.